Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope that you enjoy this podcast from Pastor Glenn Fraser, and we hope that it blesses you. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz. Welcome. Hey, so good to have you at church. It just makes the service way better when people turn up. So, yeah, excited uh, to have you along this morning from the very back right to the front, just believing that God's really speaking to us um, in this hour about the season that we're in. You know, there were these wise guys in the Bible, and they were known as the sons of Issachar. And they were wise because the Bible says that they knew the times and the season that they were in. And we're a bunch of wise people, aren't we, in this church? We're going to get plugged in with what God is speaking to us about in this time. We're just actually, um, this is the first week of a three-week uh, series we're doing uh, just on the Holy Spirit. He's always here. He's always welcome, and we're always talking about Him. But the, over these three weeks, we just uh, really want to lean in to understanding more about Him, His nature, what He wants to do in our lives, and if you have actually not had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, um, in the sense of His baptism, of, of, of knowing His presence in your life, then we're believing, we're going to believe with you that this, over this series, that you will have a really awesome, radical touch with the Holy Spirit. He is so, so cool. So um, that's the, the next three weeks ahead. Do you know, we've had a couple of cool milestones in our family this week. Um, Josiah, our youngest, turned five years old. So we've got like a special birthday party for him this, mo- uh, this afternoon. That's going to be awesome. And in, uh, on the 7th of November, uh, 7th of November, Debbie and I are celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary. So... We got a picture up here of this special day, maybe. Or did everything break on the um, yep yeah, media? Did everything break? It, it all broke. Oh, ding! Oh, you're gonna miss my. I'm gonna have to really act everything out this morning. Oh, that's all right. I know. Anyway, back to Debbie. Um, like I said in the first service, it's a very easy thing to say. Like Debbie is the greatest gift in my life. Uh, yeah, I just, I love you, honey, and it's just such an honor to be doing life with you. Um, yeah, I look forward to the next, like, 100 years living together. We're like, yeah, <laughs> let's go to church. Anyway, so we're going to go, we're not here next weekend, actually. We're going um, to celebrate 20 years of being married somewhere in the Pacific. <laughs> Excited about that. <laughs> Back on track to the message. That's what you came here for. You didn't really come here to hear about my life. So, yeah, I know, surprising, right? Okay, so, warning. This morning, um, I'm going to be touching on holiness. We're going to be talking about supernatural content this morning. Like, I'm going to be, you know, we're just going to be kind of putting some scriptures out there. Some of this might actually, like, Ooh, like as I was preparing this message, I just felt like the Holy Spirit speaking to me about a few things. And so I'm believing that he's going to speak to you. He's going to challenge you. He's going to call you up and call you out into uh, the person that he is creating you to be in every sphere of your life. Because he just, he wants us to become a reflection of who he is. Like we're the bride of Christ. Like we represent like who we're married to. And, and so this is an opportunity um, for, for us in this season to really engage with what he's saying. Luke 11, check this out. 
you're not going to check it out. You've just got me to check out. Uh, it says this, when an evil spirit, everyone say evil spirit, <laughs> leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home is all swept in an order. Then the spirit's like, let's have a house party. And he finds seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. This is not a happy place for this person to be in at all. Does anyone remember out there the gla having glass milk bottles delivered to your doorstep? And, and you'd like push your fingers through the top and sometimes the silver bit would break and you'd get like a lump of cream on your finger. I love that. If you remember that, you might remember the game Space Invaders. Space Invaders, it came out in, uh, in 1978. And basically, um, Space Invaders, there was this little little ship at the bottom. We'll call him like little Pew Pew. And he'd be like, Pew Pew. And, and um, so, does anyone remember little Pew Pew? That's right. And then so the, what happens with space invaders is that these invaders start ending up like on the, at the start of the, the top of the screen, don't they? And they're like, eh, 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 eh. and they're dropping like, boo, boo. And then little pew pew's like, pew pew, pew pew. And because you're controlling little pew pew to kill the space invaders. And, and what happens, everything speeds up. So it's like, eh, 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 eh. and like, pew pew. And they're like, drop, 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 drop. And then the whole screen ends up filling up with like this, this army of invaders. And the, and the little pew pew is like frantically pew pewing all over the place trying to defeat this invasion, this space invasion. And if you're like me, you never really got past the first level because you're drowned in this kind of army of invaders that was, was coming into uh, your world. And, and, and I know that space invaders have, like, they've, they've gone, the game's gone, but I know that they've rebranded. Space invaders these days is known as social media, and, and the pop-ups are like this army that come at that. They are looking to invade your space. You know, the devil, he actually has got every intention to invade your space. He wants to distract you. He wants to uh, fill your life with so much stuff that there's actually no room left for God. But I want to tell you this in Acts uh, 1 verse 8. This is what Jesus said. He said, this is a resurrected Jesus. And he said, but when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, comes upon you, you will be filled with power. Do you know that he is the ultimate space invader? Like the Holy Spirit wants to come into every space in our life and, and fill us with his presence, with the desires that he wants to put into our heart and, 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 and eliminate those things that come around our lives that are going to distract us from our, our core. And our purpose, because everyone here wants to be engaged with that call and purpose. I, uh, if you're a believer, you know Jesus Christ. You're all about the kingdom of God happening in your own life. So this message today is called Space Invaders. So what happened uh, when Jesus walked on the earth? He, did, he had his uh, disciples with him, and they were just awestruck. <laughs> awestruck. Imagine walking with Jesus at what he was doing. 
they, they, were, they had like the special guest room passes. They could sit with him in the green room and talk about the things that, that, they, that was going on that had happened that day. But Peter had bragging rights to, to, to being the guy who walked on water with Jesus. Like, wouldn't that be an amazing story? You'd think that that would kind of be enough for the rest of your life, wouldn't it be? Like, I've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. I have, uh, Jesus was resurrected himself. That was amazing. Uh, I saw him break bread and feed thousands of people. Like these, I am, I, like this is all I need. Yet Jesus said, hey, no, that's not all you need. You, what you need to do now, guys, is that you need to go and wait in Jerusalem. There's something, all this good stuff, all the crazy times, you know, I've discipled you, I've trained you, I've done everything that I can do. But he's like, hey, no, you need to go and wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. This, and and I, I just believe that at this time, you might have been a Christian for years and you might have seen some cool stuff happen and you've seen people get saved and your own life is on a journey of transformation, and uh, and maybe and that's awesome. And maybe you're here today, and you actually just feel like, man, I've I've experienced that stuff 20 years ago, and that happened. But I actually just feel a little distracted in this season of my life, and maybe I could actually make some more space for the Holy Spirit to come into my life. Back to Luke 11, that really happy scripture that Jesus, you know, he just pulled back this, the curtain of the natural realm, didn't he? He's like, hey, this is what's going on in your life. Actually, you were created to actually host a spirit. You're created like a room, like a house that has people, each one of us, your soul, your soul, body, and spirit. That's how you're created. And you're created to be a host for the spirit realm. It says that when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes to the desert. It, it must get bored, and then it, it, it couldn't find any rest. It says, I'll return to that person uh, that I came from. And then it returns and find, finds that its former home is swept and in order. So why is this soul that has been, you know, been set free from a demon actually worse off than they were before they were delivered? Why are they still vulnerable to being invaded? And I just want to go through a few thoughts on that uh, this morning. And it says that the home is swept clear and it is in order. And some Greek manuscripts, they actually have the word empty in here. So most, most likely this home looks good, it's, but it's unoccupied. It's all been put into place. And, and this word order is actually the Greek word for cosmio. And now this Greek word is where we get the word cosmetics from. And it means to decorate, adorn, and, and, and just to, it's all about the outside. It's all about how you look on the outside. And, and Jesus, you know, when he was here, he was pretty frustrated with religious people that, um, you know, they went to church, they tithed, they did everything really uh, down to the letter of the law. Yet there was something that was missing in their hearts. And he said, hey, you guys, and I'm not saying you, I'm not pointing at you. None of you guys are Pharisees. You guys are like whitewashed tombs. You, you look on the outside, you know, that it's like, well, you're a Christian. And yet on the inside, you're actually, you're hosting death. You're hosting something that is actually not at all of my spirit. So I know that we're a church that really wants to host the presence of God. 
We want to be a church that, that we want to look good on the outside too. I like, let's do that. But then also, let's look incredible on the inside because, you know, didn't, didn't um, the, the Bible says that, that man looks at the, at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And that's where he's looking when he looks into our lives. So we're gonna, I'm going to bring three things uh, this morning that uh, just help us to create order in our lives, and but not only to do that, but to make room for the Holy Spirit. So it says this in Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 15. It says this, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, I don't know, therefore, oh, What's the therefore? We live in some crazy days, people. Like, it's not hard to see. You turn on the news, look on your, your, your Instagram, Facebook feed, whatever. There's just options out there that are crazy. These are crazy days. And so there's this therefore in there. Because the therefore is like, so you've got all this craziness going on around your life. Therefore, how are you going to respond? And it's, it says this. It says, therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Oh, that's cool. That's really good. That's good. We've got, we've got a God here who wants to give each one of us an understanding to what His will is. And then it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. Everyone say, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. We could tick that this morning. Everyone got into that, and that was awesome. But I love this. I love this because God's like, hey, you live in crazy days. I want you to understand my, my, what my will is for your life, and this is how you can do it. This is actually how you can engage with my will for your life. So three things this morning, and the bonus here is that we get to understand what God's will is. So this is awesome. So the first thing on actually making room for the Holy Spirit in our, in our hearts, Ephesians 5.15 says this, be careful how you live. Oh, yes, take care. Like when you're driving, you're like, well, I've got to slow down at those intersections and have a look both ways and just keep my eyes in the rear vision mirror. It's actually being aware, isn't it? It's being aware of your environment, being aware how you're responding to the world around you, being aware of what comes out of our mouths. Be careful how you live. In other translations, it says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. Whatever path you actually take, you know, that could actually take you away from God's plan for your life, and, and you can choose that. So be careful how you walk. Who knows that, you know, you could be one degree off, and over the distance of a meter, that's just a smidge. It's just a tiddly-widdly smidgen. But over the distance of 100 kilometers, there is some serious space in between, you know, the, the, the path that you chose to deviate on to the path where God is, you know, perhaps He's calling you towards. And so you don't want anything to come in and invade that space that, is, uh, that has been accidentally or unintentionally created by a deviation in the course that God has for your life. We want, we want the Holy Spirit alliance in our hearts. We don't want to start making, when we start deviating, we can end up making alliances with other spirits 
that will come and fill that house, that room in our hearts as we do so. So, you know, something that starts small, like a habit. You know, we can usually manage that. There's something, something small happening in my life that, you know, maybe that little offense and I'm just feeling a little bit jealous on that sort of person. But, you know, I'm only talking about it to just like five people. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and that's all right. It's not going beyond North Canterbury. And, and, and maybe... Maybe it's that, like, laugh at that crass joke. It's just a small, like, that's what we do at Smoko. You know, it's just part of our culture and it's team building. Uh, and, and, or maybe it's just like, you know, I can't be bothered doing the right thing. It's way more convenient for me just to, um, you know, just to not go there. And, and, and the, the problem with those small things that, is that whatever we nurture in our lives, whatever's small, like a small child will grow. Whatever we nurture and just say, well, it's just small, it just, it, just, it just grows in our lives. And so what happens, though, when those small things that we've been quietly nurturing grow up and they go through puberty and they become teenagers? And it's like, oh, my gosh, that is a full-blown habit slash addiction that I'm trying to manage in my life and I'm trying to pretend that everything's okay and I just hope that they don't find out at Thrive about that. <laughs> it's like, what happens when those, like that can happen when we start, when we stop being real about what's going on in our heart and what's going on in our lives and actually identifying what is my boundary? What is my boundary in this situation? The Holy Spirit, he, he, he's, what is he? He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's, he's holy. That word holy means, it means dedicated. It means sacred. There's, you know, there's places that the Holy Spirit won't go. There's things that he won't watch. You know, there's, there's conversations that he just won't be a part of. And, and in Hebrews, it says, without holiness, no one will see God. You know, Bill Johnson, I love how he frames um, this image of us treasuring the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he talks about when John the Baptist was baptized and he went down and came up and the father said to him, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus and in the form of a dove and settled on his shoulder. And, and, it ne- and, and the Bible says it never flew away either. The Holy Spirit settled there. And if you, if you had a dove sitting on your shoulder wouldn't you be careful how you walk? Wouldn't you be mindful where you tread and how you consider where you're going because you have this dove on your shoulder that is sensitive to the atmospheres that we walk into or that we create around our lives? You know, I just, um, I'm so excited to bring this word because I just, holiness um, is a catalyst for the presence and the glory of God. And we talk, we love, we love to talk about our soul harvest, you know, our 10,000 people. We want to see this message radically, um, you know, impact the region around us. But, do you know, that's going to be, that's, that's actually the, uh, Donna said this, I think, in an email to me this week, that that's the 10,000 is the result, not the aim. It's the result of us Leaning into the presence of God, leaning into his anointing, 
creating an environment of holiness. And I'm not talking about suddenly everyone in this room needs to feel guilty about, you know, what you said or what you did last week. It's, it's not that. But the Holy Spirit actually does convict our heart and lead us to repentance so that we can be blameless and be guilt-free. Not, not walking with shame. There's a difference between, you know, guilt and shame, isn't there? There's guilt we can actually, oh, I need to own that and I need to confess that and I need to get right with that. Guilt, a shame says actually, I'm ashamed what I've done. I'm, I'm going to hide that away and I'm not going to let that one come out in the closet. And if you're in shame today, I just want to encourage you just to be real about your life because that's where it starts getting good and your freedom comes around your life. So anyway, so define your boundaries. Define, you know, what's acceptable to the Holy Spirit? Where, where shall I, how do I, how do I actually look at my, do I look at my life today and go, actually, what's, where's God leading me? It, it says this in, in the King James version of, of Ephesians, it says, don't be drunk on wine, which uh, in which is dissipation. And the Greek meaning uh, for dissipation is that uh, it, it will cause your life to waste away. It will cause you to become spiritually unaware of the Holy Spirit's presence. It will cause you to actually lose what you had, this awareness of the presence of God around your life, and you will actually end up wasting away. Your your life will waste away. You'll you'll because you'll disconnect from God's best purposes for you. So there's this command to not be drunk on wine. It doesn't say to not have a beer or a glass of wine. It just says don't be drunk on wine. And it's, it's, this, it's, it's urging, urging us to, to posture this way because God wants us, he wants our best life. He wants us to live our best life. So I want to encourage you, you know, to maybe define or redefine your boundaries in regards to media, in regards to what you watch. You know, is the Holy Spirit going to keep your company when you're watching what you watch on TV? Uh, is he going to keep company with you in regards to, you know, like your sexual or moral ethics? Like what's the Holy, was the Holy Spirit celebrating your behavior uh, at, at this time? And so it's really important to own that stuff and recalibrate our lives at times and create a boundary around what is precious to the Holy Spirit. I just want to say this too, just celebrating and glorifying like our past behavior you know, it's just sometimes, you know, you've done some things and it's like, well, that was crazy fun, but that was a bit stupid. It just actually also erodes boundaries. And then you might have people around your life that are actually struggling to um, discover boundaries. And I just want to say as well, it's just like, make sure when we're in this process that we guard one another's dignity. That we, the Bible says that love covers one another. It does, and that simply means that actually your love is big enough not to mention the things that they're stuffing up into other people. <laughs> you know, it actually will speak the truth in love, and you'll go, hey, help me understand what's going on in your life. But you don't go and broadcast that because you want to treasure someone's dignity. Everyone is a chosen child of God, dearly loved and valued, regardless of what they're stuck in or what they're doing. But, but boundaries, they, um, they're much like the banks of a river. And they help the boundaries of a river, help the, the river flow with purpose and direction. And, and without the boundaries of riverbanks, the, you know, there would just be a large swamp everywhere. And if we don't have boundaries in our lives, we just end up pretty much standing in a puddle. 
In Romans 8, it says this, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You know, just, just to say, living with the governance of the Holy Spirit will lead you towards life and peace. Life and peace. I just, actually, I just feel I need to pray right now. Just, let's just close your eyes. Holy Spirit. I just thank you right now that, that you spoke peace at a storm and the peace that was within you destroyed the storm because you had a greater peace than the external thing going on around. And right now, for anyone who is just really facing a storm in their life or they're just living, and whether it's emotionally or literally, we just agree with your spirit of peace right now in Jesus' name. We release peace Peace be still. Peace be still in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're the comforter. And we just thank you for this revelation of your comfort on people's lives here this morning. Amen. All right, my, my third point, my final point. When people, uh, people will notice the Holy Spirit, uh, they'll notice him because being filled with the Holy Spirit is a recognizable condition in our lives. We start looking different. We start saying things different. We're actually, we become different people. When you think of the Holy Spirit impacting the early church, and, and, and suddenly these people were just, the, you know, the shadows were healing people. There was, you know, there was, there was incredible salvations. The, when Pentecost happened, there was tongues of fire, you know, that was recognizable. They spoke in different languages and, and different ethnicities were actually in this gathering. And they, they heard the gospel message in the language that the Holy Spirit was speaking through their lives, you know? It's incredible. The Holy Spirit is, is designed to be a, a recognizable condition flowing through our lives. And, and maybe today it's just a, it's a small step for you. Like, how, does the whole, how can I actually start displaying what I believe the Holy Spirit is calling me to do? Because, you know, this is a partnership. This is a, we're partnering with faith. And you know one of the smallest but most powerful things that you can do to release the Holy Spirit is to release encouragement. It's to speak well of one another. It's to call out the gold in those around you. Because you're agreeing with God. You're agreeing with what he's saying, and that releases the Holy Spirit. It says in, in Ephesians 5 that the, the Holy Spirit urges us to remind each other about how good God is. It says singing songs to one, one another. And I remember once, like 25 years ago maybe, and, and I, I have his, I've got a life friend. He's such a good guy, and um, he's a, pas, a pastor as well these days. And I remember being down the Ashley River with him, and he was in a not in a great space at all. And I had this ridiculous song that um, I was on my brain, and I knew I had to sing it, and I could just bring it today, so everyone. Uh, it says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Yes, he'll be faithful to complete it. He'll be faithful to complete it in you. That was my song. Way better than the first service, a baby started crying. Yeah. You know, I remember doing that. To this day, that guy, probably every six months, will come up to me and say, thank you for singing that stupid song at me, not to me. 
because he needed an at. Like, you know, sometimes you've got to call people out and say this is where it's at. Uh, and, and it was one of those moments where I was like, actually, I just need to speak I just sing over you, brother. That's the only time I've ever sung, please don't ask me to sing over you. Uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a recognizable condition. I remember um, being in church probably eight years ago, uh, first service, it was six years ago, uh, and I, I was, you know, just the Holy Spirit said, hey, um, I want you to give your car away. And I was just like, uh-huh. Is that you, Satan? Uh, no. <laughs> and, and so uh, I remember, though, at the time, I just, I just know that voice, you know? I'm like, I know that voice. It's not comfortable. And, and I, um, I remember talking with the family uh, after, after the service that day and just saying, hey, look, I just really feel like we need to do this to this person. And, and um, this was kind of like early October, late September. And, and so we went on a bit of a journey because as a family, like we wanted to give this together. And I wanted all the kids to be on board and I don't want anyone doing anything out of obligation. And it's like, this is our car. This was the car that we'd go down the river in. And it was like a lame four-wheel drive car, but it was one anyway. And we would, so we had memories in this car. And I remember like being on this process of a few months and then it came to Christmas time and we're like, okay, we're going to give this car as a gift at Christmas, and, we, and then they'd gone on holiday. The person we were going to give it to, we couldn't give the car. So uh, then we went on holiday, and then and another month went by, and then, then then came this day to give the car. And so I went, um, drove it around and, and gave it to them and, and um, handed the keys, and I said, hey, I just feel like God said that this car's yours now. And they just cried, and they said, do you know that today's my birthday? And I, was like, I had no idea. And they rattled off about five or six things that had happened to them that just had really made their day bad. And so to be able to bring this as a gift from God into someone's life who's having a bad time, but not only that, on their birthday was so amazing. And I say that because you know that generosity was a process? It wasn't like um, I just told back in September and then transaction, God actually engaged with my family. And he's like, actually, we're going to take everyone on this journey to be generous because this person needs this car on that date. (laughs) And I'm not sure where you're at with your, you know, your experience with generosity. But do you know, if if you're struggling to hear like the Holy Spirit, if you're like, how do I hear the Holy Spirit? Just start asking him, God, how can I be generous? What do you want me to be generous with? Because that is the greatest activator of his voice into your life. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. And his kingdom is a kingdom of generosity. His, and, and, and if we want to be entrusted with, with greater, first of all, some, we just have to engage with what's obvious to him, what it was, with what he does naturally, and that is generosity. That is a great way to engage with healing, hearing the Holy Spirit. It's just saying, Holy Spirit, how can I be generous with what you have given me? I'm just going to finish with this. In Matthew three eleven, John the Baptist said that Jesus would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
there was this Greek uh, poet, and he was a physician actually, called Nysander, and he, he lived in Turkey, and he lived about 200 years before Jesus. And he unwittingly confirmed the biblical language about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and he did this in describing a recipe for making pickles. <laughs> in order to make a pickle, Nisander says that the vegetable should first be dipped, this is bapto, dipped into boiling water, and then that same pickle should be baptized, this is baptismoed, into a vinegar solution. So in the case of a pickle, there's this double dipping that happens. And now the Bible uses both of these Greek words for baptism. Whoever believes in me uh, and is uh, and is baptized will be saved. You know, that is the dipping in water. That is bapto. That is the dipping and the salvation. And then when John the Baptist said when, that, that when Jesus is going to come and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and with fire, that is baptismo. That is the full expression of of baptism, this, this, both of these Greek words um, involved immersing the vegetable in liquid. The dipping in water was temporary, but the immersion in vinegar actually changes the DNA structure of the pickle. It changes it from what it was. And I remember recently having a big discussion with someone about what a pickle was before it was a pickle. <laughs> Has anyone wondered? Well, it turns out, like you guys are like on the edge of your seats. I can see you guys are pretty keen to know it was a cucumber. Thank you, Simone. It was a cute, she told me. Uh, we had an ongoing debate about this. Because the, the cucumber was dipped in vinegar, over time, the DNA of this cucumber was changed forever. It was changed. It, it, it couldn't go back because of the immersion in the solution. The Bible says, do not get pickled on wine. Get pickled on the Holy Spirit. He wants you fully immersed in His presence so that you would demonstrate accidentally His goodness <laughs> because it's Him who surrounds you, who lives in you, who is with you, who is guiding you, who is so for you. I love what it says in John three thirty four: for God gives the Spirit without limit, without limit to our lives. I just wonder if everyone would just stand just right now in this moment. I just believe this is a holy moment. The Holy Spirit is here today. and Maybe you're here this morning and you just know that I've just touched on a few things here and you're like, I just need to realign my boundaries again. I just need to realign what I'm laughing at, what I'm saying, where I'm going because I actually don't want to miss out on being someone who hosts the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's you here today. Maybe you're here today and you actually don't know Jesus Christ and you, you actually want to step into a lifestyle of knowing that if you 
if you die today, that you would have this assurance that you would have eternity in heaven. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you that assurance today. So I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus Christ. But before we do that, if you are here today and you know that you just, I just want to, I want to encounter more of the Holy Spirit, but I know that my life, my space has been invaded by the busyness of life and I've just got distracted from the world and the surrounding. These days are crazy, people. These days are crazy. But we have a way of following the call and the, 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 the promises of God in our lives. And it, and it means getting into a place of saying, God, it's all yours. It's all yours, the good, the bad, the ugly, and, and whatever you don't want, I just want to give it over to you today. I want to surrender today. And maybe you're here today as a Christian and you just want to surrender again to His presence. If that's you, maybe just as a response, just put your hand on your heart and just say, Holy Spirit, you know where my heart is at. You know where my heart is at. You know where my heart is at. Holy Spirit, just for those people here this morning right now, if that's you, just put your hand on your heart. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence. We just thank you that you made the Holy Spirit. You just, you, you're here, Lord. You're here for our chaos. You're here for our clutter. And you're here for our revival. And we just right now, we receive you, Holy Spirit. We receive your correction. And we thank you that your correction is not rejection. It's just, hey, just go this way. And we want to go your way. We want to go your way with our time. We want to go your way with our treasure. We want to go your way with our talents. And, and, and the way that we are doing life, we want to go your way, Holy Spirit. Come and fill our hearts today. Amen. If you're here today, like I said and you, earlier, and you know that you just want to take a step towards Jesus today. He is... He's so good. You will never regret saying yes to Jesus. I, I did this as a 21-year-old, and I, I went from kind of knowing about him and knowing that he was good to actually devoting my life to him, and I've never regretted a day of devoting my life to Jesus. He is so good. And today, I want to ask you, are you ready to give your life to Christ? He wants to forgive you and heal your heart. He wants to take your brokenness and just bring the sense of I'm brand new. The Bible says that when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. He takes you as is, where is, and then He just makes you brand new. And He makes you righteous. And if you know you need to turn away from your own life and turn towards Him today, just in this moment, I just ask if you raise your hands and just say, yes, Glenn, that's me. I want to turn from my life. Awesome, I see that hand. I want to turn from my life and I want to turn towards your grace. I want to turn towards your forgiveness. I want to turn towards your freedom. Is there anyone else here today who just says, yes, Glenn, I want to turn to Jesus. I want to respond to the invitation of his amazing grace. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like there's a couple of others here today. He is just so worth responding to. If your heart is beating hard, then I just, I think that could be you. He's just calling you. He's just drawing you to his goodness. He's drawing you to his goodness. Just pop up your hand and say, yes, Glenn, that's me. 
Yes, Glenn, that's me. Awesome. We're just going to pray together. And I just want to encourage you just to repeat a line after me, if, just to make this prayer your own. Dear Jesus, I want to give you my life today. I want to turn towards you and leave my past behind. Thank you for your forgiveness and your healing. Holy Spirit, I invite you to lead me. Amen. For any more information on this sermon or any additional resources, visit us at thrivechurch.co.nz.